Riding through this world All alone God takes your soul You're on your own The crow flies straight A perfect line On the devil's bed Until you die And welcome everyone to another episode of the Crossroads Podcast. It's me, it's me, it's a man of a thousand gimmicks, the dustiest man in the game, Dusty Dave. First and foremost, I do have to make a correction to the podcast from last week. I misspoke when I mentioned title reigns. I apologize, I didn't check before I uh, spoke, but while Randy Orton and Triple H are in fact both at 14 championship reigns, Ric Flair and John Cena are tied with 16 championship reigns, not 17. So I first and foremost wanted to correct that because... uh, it's the right thing to do. So first and foremost, I I just wanted to say I apologize. So we had quite the week this week. We had the fallout from Hell in a Cell. I didn't, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really watch AEW because I was so involved in watching NXT's Halloween Havoc. And we also started the Road to Survivor series. Now, before I get further into some of the things that happened and talking about Halloween Havoc, one of the things I wanted to bring up that I'm not very happy about. Initially, when they showed the graphic for Survivor series during the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, It had the red for Raw, the yellow for NXT, and the blue for SmackDown. However, since then, it has been corrected that this year's Survivor Series will only be taking place between Raw and SmackDown. I personally think this is a bad decision. Um, We did see NXT do really well last year. Um, So I'm not sure if they're doing it so as to preserve uh, the pushes for their champions and to not take away momentum from NXT. But in my opinion, it more so looks like the fact that once again, we are getting Vincent Kennedy McMahon proving to us that in fact, NXT is not an equivalent brand, which really bothers me. It, it, yeah, it just really, really bothers me. So let's talk about Raw first and foremost. So 
the biggest things coming out of Raw, I'm not I, I don't I'm not going to really talk about Randy Orton other than when I get to the matches that have already been made official for Survivor Series, but we had the return of qualifying matches, which I am very very happy about. Now, it's weird. For the women, they only had one qualification match, and they had Nia and Shayna announce four members of the team, which were Nia and Shayna, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke. And out of nowhere, we get Lana qualifying for the fifth spot on the Raw women's team. I'm really surprised about that. I'm not really a fan of that. I'm not a fan of Lana. I don't I still think she's very green in the ring. But I don't know, maybe she'll be getting a push. But we saw her once again put through the table. And that's what, I believe, the sixth time she was put through the table. I've, I've been reading that Vince McMahon believes that her being put through the table is going to get the audience to sympathize with her. I mean, I guess that's a way to go, but let's call a spade a spade. You're doing it because Miro's in AEW. And you want to make any connection to him? Hell. Thus, putting his wife through a goddamn table every goddamn fucking week. Excuse me. So, we also had the first three men qualifying for the men's Raw team. I'm just pulling them up right now. We have Sheamus. We have AJ Styles. And we have... Drumroll, please. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Sorry, I... And Keith Lee. Sorry about that. So Sheamus, AJ Styles, and Keith Lee are the first three members on Team Raw. So far, I'm really liking those qualifiers. One thing I do want to also bring up is the fact that Sheamus won over Matthew Riddle. And... The next day, we actually uh, saw, if you haven't seen, you can uh, check out WWE's roster page. They changed Matt Riddle's name from Matt Riddle to just Riddler. Uh, Not Riddler, to just Riddle. The reason why I said Riddler is cue all the Riddler jokes. Now, I'm not sure what this is about, but everything I've read... Is Matt Riddle 
obviously, if you search his name, you're going to come up with the stuff from the Speaking Out movement and the current lawsuit being brought against him by Candy Cartwright. Um, so, I don't know. I, I'm indifferent to it because I still don't think until the everything's settled whether he's guilty found in not found not guilty or how the situation culminates i i really don't think that any of these superstars should be uh featured i feel the same way with velveteen dream i feel the same way about austin theory I don't have to get back into that, but it's just until there's a resolution one way or another, I don't think these superstars should be getting pushes. So that's just me. I don't know. Now, I'm I'm going to talk about go to SmackDown. And then from there, I'm going to finish the episode out with Halloween Havoc. It, 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 the event was that damn good that it deserves the focus of this episode. So with SmackDown, we had two men and a woman qualify. We had Jay Uso win his qualifier against Daniel Bryan, followed by him turning heel and attacking Daniel Bryan, aligning himself with the tribal chief, acknowledging that he understands now, which I've been saying this for the past couple weeks. The Jay Roman storyline has been done perfectly, absolutely perfectly. And I don't think there's any way it could it could be done better i i'm just so intrigued i'm glued to the tv when they come on my screen so i'm really curious to see where this goes now that we're starting to get a heel bloodline uh faction I'm curious on if Jimmy's going to go through something similar when he comes back from injury. Multiple matches with Roman, um, maybe with some interference from Jay, followed by him joining them. I'm curious to see if we're going to get more members of the family. I do know that another member of the uh, Anwa family, Lance, uh, would like to join WWE. I'm not sure where he's currently located, but I know he's been doing stuff with the Indies. Um, but the whole Samoan family—they're—they're they're everywhere. I mean, you have Jacob Fatu as a heavyweight champion for MLW. Um, I mean, they're literally everywhere. They're the Samoan dynasty, and I'm still curious on whether we might get a Rikishi appearance. Mind you, Rikishi is the father of Jay and Jimmy, and they also have a third brother. So I'm really curious to see how this faction grows. 
Kevin Owens also qualified over Dolph Ziggler, and we had the first qualifier for the women's team, and that being Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair on the main roster, she hasn't been featured as much yet, but we're starting to see her a lot more often. She is it. She just has that it factor. She has a charisma. She has the attitude. She has the talent. She literally is what you want in not just a female wrestler, but a wrestler. And I see great things coming for her. She's definitely deserving of being in the championship picture. I'm still surprised that she never, other than a couple matches, she wasn't really featured around the NXT Women's Championship. I personally think her talent excelled some of those. So I don't know, but everyone I've talked to agrees that she should have had a title reign in NXT. But that's neither here nor there. So, for the Raw men's team, we have two spots remaining. The women's team is all flush. We have three men's spots remaining on SmackDown, and we have four women's spots. So, I foresee the next two, three weeks, we're going to have qualification, probably one qualification match next week or maybe they'll do the two the following week on Raw and maybe they'll keep doing it uh, the way they've been doing with two men's with a women on Smackdown and then uh, flushing out the women's now before we go on to the focus of this episode which is going to be NXT Halloween Havoc there have already been Four matches made official for Survivor Series. That is Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, versus Randy Orton, the WWE Champion. You have Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion, versus Bobby Lashley, the United States Champion. You have the uh, Street Profits taking on the New Day, respective tag team champions. And you have another Asuka versus Sasha match. Now, that is if Sasha is able to get over defending her championship on next week's SmackDown against the former champion, Bailey. I think we're, she's finally going to shrug the inability to defend the title. I hope so. But I guess we'll see. So we already have four matches set up. And we're also getting our traditional five-on-five men and, women, and woman, women's match. So I'm expecting those six matches to be... The uh, the whole card for Survivor Series, I'm not sure. Maybe they'll add another one. 
we'll see how that goes. So, now that I've talked about Raw and SmackDown, let's get into the best part of this week. And that was NXT Halloween Havoc. First, I'd like to give credit where credit's due. Shotzi fucking Blackheart. Perfect host for the event. Three costume changes throughout the event. She she, she was perfect with it. I love that they brought back Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. We'll get further into that. Very similar to how Raw Roulette was with less options. But I really want to draw focus to the atmosphere. While they didn't have the pump, the same pumpkin from the WCW Halloween Havoc, they did have a blow-up pumpkin that was ruined in the first match. Thank you, Johnny Gargano. But ju- they had a graveyard. They had coffins. It, it, it was an amazing atmosphere for this NXT special broadcast. I personally think the card was better than some takeover cards we've seen. However, I can't I can't say other than it was takeover caliber because it was during the week rather than being on the weekends. Obviously, we know takeovers are usually on Saturday when coupled with pay- with pay-per-views or on Sunday like they've done a couple times recently. Now, this card had five matches. The first match was Johnny Gargano going over Damian Priest in a Devil's Playground match for the NXT North American Championship. Now, when I first saw what the wheel would be and I saw this section, I thought it could be a... Smaller version of a Hell in a Cell. That's just me. But it was basically your no DQ, no count out, false count anywhere match. And Johnny Gargano, as always, amazing costume designs. We had Jack Skellington. Character from one of my favorite Halloween slash Christmas movies. Yes, it is both. Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, this was all over the arena. It was in the back. We had garbage cans emptied on each other. They even were going at it on the ledge where the wheel was. Now, Johnny didn't go over by his lonesome. We had a person in Ghostface costume from Scream hit Damien Priest, which led to Johnny Gargano breaking one of the tombstones over Damien Priest and throwing him to the floor and getting the one, two, three. Wasn't the best match. I'm really curious because I personally thought that we might get a nice lengthy reign from 
Damian Priest. If you remember correctly, he just won it in June. So, yeah, it was decently long. So I'm not sure if they did this because they might potentially need more people involved in the NXT Championship picture. We still don't have an update regarding Finn Balor's condition and whether or not he will eventually have to uh, give back the championship belt. So I'm not sure. But one thing I do believe is the fact that I think Indy Hartwell was supposed to be the person in the ghost face costume. Obviously, in the past couple of weeks, we've seen her providing outside assistance to the Garganos, whether it be with the TV uh, back before Nick's, uh, Tegan Knox got injured or Candice LeRae to qualify for this with the uh, brass and knuckles. However, it the body type under it, it wasn't her. And what I read was that she was kept off the pay-per-view for um, not contracting COVID, but potential contact with someone who later was found to have uh, caught uh, COVID-19. So kudos to keeping her off. Obviously, storyline, you're still able to... uh, move forward with the fact that it in fact was her under we never see ghostface take off the mask so that's all i have to say about that now the match that i didn't really care about was jake atlas versus santos escobar and that wasn't because of either one of them it was just it, it, it all the other four matches it ha, they had build up this one not so much jake atlas is still one of the newer uh performers in the company so he's still coming into his own very talented i got a chance to see him live at one of the last uh evolve shows i went to so he's still coming into his own but the real story here was Legado de, del Fantasma came with half their fa- half of their faces painted in um, Day of the Dead face paint, but Santos's pants were an homage to Rey Mysterio's outfit against Rey, against Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc back in the day. The purple and black with the question marks. So, right there. Kudos. Absolute kudos. That was chef's kiss. And even Rey Mysterio went on social media acknowledging the homage, gratitude, etc., etc. It's nice when you see people who have participated in the Lucha Libre um, tradition pay their respects to those that came before them. And obviously of our generation, it's not just a tagline. Rey Mysterio 
is the greatest mask of our time. He really is. So, the next match is we had Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Now, this match was a cinematic match. It was referred to as a Haunted House of Terror match. Now, I've heard some mixed feelings about this match, which are understandable. In the past year, we've had so many cinematic matches between WWE, AEW, NXT, that they might be losing their luster, similar to how Hell in a Cell is not special anymore because there's a pay-per-view for it. Or Elimination Chamber isn't special anymore. There's a pay- there's a pay-per-view for it. So, cinematic match aside, my only strike on this was that we had the pre-film section, then it went to another match, then it came to live section, followed by the main event. But this match was creepy. We had ring girl, like like we had extras that were portraying these very, very creepy characters. Um, even uh, I'm not a fan of Cameron Grimes. I complain about him all the time, but I will say his acting was perfect for that match. Like a lot of that match was literally him going around a house, getting scared and, and not even seeing that Dexter Loomis is looking on, whether it be through a window through the door, etc., etc. But this match really showcased Dexter Loomis's character and the ambiance. I remember him when he was Samuel Shaw in Impact. It was creepy, but for a different level. One of the storylines was he was stalking Christy Hemi former uh, Diva Search winner. But literally, like a, tri- a Chris Traeger from Parks and Recreation, literally, he came off as a serial killer. And even when he does his finishing move into the cradle to put his opponent to sleep... And then just pets their hair. And then he's just staring aimlessly into the camera. Goosebumps. Absolute goosebumps. Now, if you remember correctly, Loomis got injured after he qualified uh, for the tournament. So I'm I really want to see Loomis get involved in a title feud. Whether like it just the raw emotion he's showcasing it and I mean the fact that he has like the one glove 
but it's not like the Seth Rollins Messiah glove. It's almost like a glove that a serial a serial killer would wear to um not leave fingerprints, so to speak. But j- just everything about him, it it he has this charisma that is very rare. Is very rare. So the next match we had Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. I'm not really a fan of Raquel Gonzalez. I'm not going to hide that. I I don't think she's that good. Whatever, but she she showed up in this match, but Rhea Ripley Rhea Ripley has it and I really do believe she's going to be the next woman called up to the main roster. I'm not sure. We'll talk, we'll talk about that a little more after we get to the last match. The main event was, once again, the NXT women. Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae in a tables, ladders, and scares match. Now, obviously, they made they made the match name to fit the Halloween Havoc theme, but it was a TLC match. Now, there were points during this match that I felt each one of them could win. Now, the same thing I said for Damian Priest, I applied to this match as well. Io Shirai won the title at In Your House and is one of the most talented women's wrestlers in the world. Not just in this company, in the world. She, If you look at her championship record from stardom or any of the Joshi promotions, you'll, you'll see what I mean. But she she has it. She absolutely has it. And a lot of people who are familiar with Joshi wrestling will actually, out of Asuka, Kairi Sane, and Io Shirai, say that Io Shirai is the best of the three. Now, that's saying a lot comparing to... Uh, I, you can understand it with... Kyrie, she didn't really have as long of a career in WWE here, but she is, I believe, going to be involved with WWE's eventual extension with a uh, performance center in Japan and would potentially wrestle for them in Japan. She did just recently get married, but Asuka has the long undefeated and women's championship reign. Like, it, it, it's unheard of. She was never beaten for her title. She relinquished it. And a lot of people will say that Io Shirai is the best of the three. So take that. But the ending of this match saw Candice at the top of the ladder. Fingertips away. From win- from grabbing the belt, unhooking it, and winning. And we have a ladder spot. We have Io knock over the ladder. 
sending Candice LeRae over the ropes through another ladder. Now, I've mentioned a lot of times during this podcast that I get sympathy pains when moves like that happen. Like, when I used to do wrestling moves in the like back in the day with my brother or with friends, they're not forgiving. And that's not even counting ladder spot. But the way she landed, her back, and I believe it was her right arm I, I I feared for a terrible back injury or a broken arm but from what I read it's not serious Candice LeRae is also one of the best sellers and she's also known for having even crazier hardcore matches not just hardcore matches but intergender matches like there's a whole generation of new women's wrestler, new women's performers that list Candice LeRae as one of the reasons that got them into the business. Candice LeRae could hang with the best of the women and the best of the men. She is something special. And I had mentioned at the beginning with Johnny Gargano's match. We had Johnny come out as Jack Skellington. We had Candice LeRae come out as Sally. And Io Shirai was played to the ring by Poppy. I'm still scared shitless of her, but I love, I love her music. Whenever I'm doing working out or like doing some DDPY, I, I'll always have my headphones on with one of my uh, headphones out so I could listen to the uh, the program I'm doing, but I'll always have Poppy in because it helps me get my heart rate up so I could burn more calories. Sorry, I j- just went into a whole DDPY type of a deal. But I'm still trying to figure out who played Damien Priest out to the ring, but to no avail just yet. If I do find out between now and next episode, I will drop it. So overall, I was so happy, top to bottom, with the exception of the lull with the Santos versus Atlas match. But NXT won the week. Now, unfortunately, we can all agree they're not going to be able to put these special cards together every week. I still think that NXT should change nights but both AEW excuse me and NXT got great numbers but NXT did go did go over AEW still beat them in the demo okay but top to bottom great show so kudos to WWE I know fans my age and maybe even some of the younger fans that Fans my age and older, but even some of the younger fans that have started watching stuff back, we've all grown so attached to Halloween Havoc. So to get it back as an NXT special, now mind you, it wasn't until this year we started getting these NXT specials. They were takeovers, and then 
we got the specials in addition to takeovers during this pandemic between the two two weeks of Great American Bash, In Your House, and now this. So I really do hope we see a continuation of using a lot of these old pay-per-views that they own as specials, whether it be for NXT or for the main roster. That's just me. So overall, it was a great week. So now closing out this episode, I have some information I'd like to give. So for the time being, I am going to be um, putting a pause on the pit stops, the additional episodes during the week. I, on Friday, was offered a job um, as a brand ambassador for Momentum Solar, and uh, I actually start training tomorrow, and uh, I'm still waiting on my background check. I'm a little nervous about that, considering I have the two misdemeanor possessions on my record, One, I paid a huge fine. I'm not sure if that was dismissed, but the other was able to be dismissed after I completed the drug treatment program. So I do hope if, in fact, when they do their background check, those show up, they'll at least bring me in for a meeting to uh, at least present my case, explaining how I, after the first one, I had a job for five years up until this past June where I was a... permanently let go due to the pandemic. Um, I finished the uh, drug treatment program and and I'm approaching uh, three years of sobriety in December. And on top of the fact that I went back to school and finally did in fact get my my bachelor's degree in liberal arts. So Fingers crossed for me. So for the foreseeable future, we're only going to be doing the uh, regular one episode a week. Um, when and if anything changes, you'll definitely hear it first. Now, you can find me at I-N-D-I-E-D-U. Hold on. At I-N-D-I-E underscore. D-U-S-T-Y-D-A-V-E. You can find the podcast Twitter at T-H-E-K-R-O-S-S-R-H-O-D-E-S. And you can find all episodes of The Crossroads, the original with DFDC, the new with It's Me, It's Me, Dusty, and The Pit Stops. On our anchor link in bio of the network that you can find me exclusively on, Fourth Wall Pop Network, at F O U R T H W A L L P O P. So until next time, I hope everyone had a great Halloween. I hope everyone's staying safe. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Hashtag, hashtag TikTok, do the work, and hashtag make it pop. Dusty Dave, 